One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How did get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, how get 20, 20, how get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed. Now, it's time for Spotlight Star Wars with your host, Ken Knapsack. Welcome back, my Four Center friends, to Spotlight Star Wars, a special edition. I don't even know the episode number of this. It is, is it's high. We've been doing this for a while. Spotlight Star Wars was a, was a, uh, a show that I uh, launched on the Knapsack Files podcast feed years ago. When I thought, I'm going to do a show that spotlights Star Wars. I'll do a show that spotlights Game of Thrones. I'll do a show that spotlights whatever I want to talk about. And then somehow spotlights Star Wars, an awkwardly named show, made the transition to Force Center. It became my little uh, monologue from me to you. Uh, several, uh, you know, all of us Star Wars fans gathering together in the days leading up to 
Force Awakens, and it's still going strong. Uh, we made a change in programming and the amount of content we put out, which we, we are happy with. And then you might see an increase in content again from the Force Center team, but with Jennifer taking her much-deserved, much-needed leave of absence to uh, raise a, another child or bring a child into the world and continue to raise that child and the one she already has, uh, uh, you know, Joseph and I lost uh, not just a, a, a creative partner on the main show, but uh, someone who helps us with a lot of the workflow on some of the th- scenes, uh, things behind, and, and uh, we just were like, we need to take a step back and, and Jennifer will return and maybe we'll increase it. But then we'll also, we also realize in this day and age of content every day of the week uh, from a lot of people, uh, you could get back backlogged on the shows. And we just felt cutting back helped us, uh, helped our stress levels and maybe let you enjoy Force Center on a more regular basis. But that doesn't mean the shows are gone. Star Wars counseling, uh, Jennifer Landis, Happy Beeps. We, we, we can't wait for that to return. To return and and this show Spotlight Star Wars will be here here for a little bit. Uh, you know, I got some other ideas and things we might want to do, but I'm happy to come back here right now because I have a special interview a little bit later in the show from friend of the show and and an actual literal friend Jamie Stangroom who put out his excellent fun, I'll say cheeky because he's British uh, documentary. Uh, Empire Strikes Door, because the Empire Strikes Door focuses on a very fun, small, silly moment in the history of Star Wars. I loved it so much. And obviously, I'm going to help a friend promote his project and his uh, content that he wonderfully created on his YouTube channel. That's going to happen regardless. And Jamie had been trying to put this out for a while. And there were some false starts, some some release dates he, he knew he couldn't make, and he wisely pulled back. And he did most of this by himself, and he'll talk about that in the show and the help he did have. It's not a one-man operation, but a lot of it did fall back on him, and it was his thing, his dream, his vision, and it comes out. I sat down, and I you know, knew a little bit about it. I was part of the jury, as was Joseph and Jennifer. Got a little information on who to pick, and, uh, you know, like, you don't know, right? It's like it's like a stand-up comedy show. I'll go see your stand-up comedy show. It's like an improv show. Your friend invites it to it. It's my second-level improv class. Come see our, our graduation show. It could be okay. Or it could be horrible, and you got to lie afterwards. you got to shake their hand in the lobby of the uh, theater. Uh, so you, you certainly were on stage. I sat down to watch Jamie's documentary, and I, I know his track record of videos. I know how much I love what he does, but you don't know. This is a 40-minute documentary. And it's absolutely one of my favorite things. It is really legitimately a great documentary. It really does dig into the history of this moment and presents some great insight into it. And it's just fun. And it's fun. And I really, really, really want that to be the focus of our Star Wars fandom as we go in to Episode Nine, as we go into The Mandalorian, as we go into 2020, which is new uncharted territory for Star Wars with a movie coming but we don't know what. And the focus doesn't seem to be on the movies. It's on animated projects. It's on programming for children and younger audiences. It's on the books and comics as always, but new eras in those forms of Star Wars media. And then, of course, the TV shows and Disney Plus and the streaming wars, they have begun. It's a different time. And as we go into episode nine, we know we're here. 
We're around the corner in the bend here on the promotion train. I'm sure we're going to get a trailer soon. The toys, Triple Force Friday. We're going to talk more about Triple Force Friday. The successes and the misses and the disappointments and the joys of that on the main show this coming week here, if you're listening in chronological order, because now hopefully you can. As we go into episode nine, and I'm not talking Mandalorian. I think Mandalorian's a different thing. I think it's going to be very well received. I think it's going to be enjoyed by most. Uh, it's not everyone's going to watch it because not everyone's going to sign up for Disney+. Plus. I am very interested um, uh, to see what people react, how people react to that, but it's not going to be the same on the big national scale, the general audience discussion, as Episode Nine, The Rise of Skywalker. This we know. And I am already bracing for impact. And I've already got in the back of my head this thing, oh, man, I just want to enjoy Episode Nine. I want to get out of Dodge here. Let me go in. Let me enjoy it. Let me not have to deal with a toxic fandom or, or just people who might legitimately not like the film, but then feel as though they must attack uh, because of that. And, and coming out of eight, we all felt it. And initially, I, I was very defensive. Just like, hey, what's wrong with you? Like, and, and you start fighting back. And that's not necessarily the way of the Jedi. You can't win, but there are alternatives to fighting. And I think that's very important for us as fans. We cannot win with those fans. I'm putting quotations around them. We can't. It's not a war I want to get into. They just want to watch the world burn. And they're allowed to. Get your clicks. Get your clicks. I don't live in a world where their channels, comments, uh, affect my life either way. Now they can, and they can affect the lives of people. They go after them, and they go after me. That's always over there. But you know what I mean? I don't walk around. There's life outside of Twitter. There's life outside of of YouTube. There's life outside of Star Wars fandom. And that's why I say you can't win. There's no battle. There's no need to get into it. And I'm not going to fight anyone who doesn't like Last Jedi. I'm not going to fight anyone who doesn't like Season 8 of Game of Thrones, which is one of my favorite seasons and not well received by a lot of people. not going to fight that. And I'm not going to fight the solo uh, bashers or those who haven't even seen it but still haven't seen it and made judgments. I'm no longer going to do that. Rose Tico talks about well, that's how we're going to you know, win. That's how we're going you know, to we're we're save who we love, right? Not, 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 not fight who we hate. We're going to save what we love. I'm messing up the quote. I'm horrible at quotes. You all know that. You know the sentiment I mean, but it's that. But I go back to Kenobi. You can't win, but there are alternatives to fighting. And I choose to concentrate on the joy, choose to concentrate on the love. And I choose now to really concentrate and focus on the fun of being a Star Wars fan. We used to say that all the time around here, these parts there around Force Center 2014 and 2015. What a great time to be a Star Wars fan. And then it got to the point where it wasn't. And that's a hard, hard truth. There are days, if you watch Collider Jedi Council, you'd see in my face that I did not want to be there. Force Center is always different. My passions are here. And, and, and getting into the Force Center booth with Joseph and Jennifer is a treat every week. It's a literal treat every week. They've taught me so much about this thing that I love. And I only hope I I can give them back a fraction of that feeling as well. That's always been fine. But going out, Collider Jedi Council's always had a a better, a bigger, uh, you know, reach. I've always been thankful for being on it and being allowed to be on it. And some of you may have heard I'll be, I'll be, uh, 
taking over in a sense. Um, not the host. It's not just going to be me. I hope to make some announcements soon of what's going to go on there because that's what I want to do there too. Put the focus back on the fun of this. It doesn't mean you don't dig into some things and question some things, but I don't like where we've gotten. I don't like where we have gone now as fans. And even that's not, that's not pointing out those uh, toxic, quote unquote, toxic fans and channels. All of us too. Sometimes it can get very tribal. It can get very, very turn away anyone else. Um, and it's this weird thing, uh, and where it's like, okay, you, you didn't like solo. I can't talk to you. You liked solo. I can't talk to you. You didn't like last Jedi. What's your reasons? I think you're an idiot. I can't talk to you. You loved last Jedi. What are your reasons? You're an idiot. I can't talk to you. That's where we've gone. Right. I mean, it's well beyond star Wars. It's well beyond star Wars and there's bigger issues. But as I go into episode nine, I'm reminding myself those words of Kenobi. I am going to choose this this celebratory tone. I'm going to keep with it. Have fun. And fun includes poking a little fun. Having a little fun with it. I really do believe. And that's why Jamie's documentary is important to me. It is a moment locked forever in time. A stormtrooper hits his head. And by the time the special editions come around, and I know it's like the later versions, Lucas leaned into it in one of the, the releases, I think, more than the 97 editions, adding the clunk of the head leaned into it. That's a reminder. Have fun with this. You hear all the time. Eh, it's just a space movie. It's just a silly space saga. Yeah, it is, but it means the world to all of us. And it should, and, uh, that's never what I mean. Taking, I, I'm not going to take away that importance. Read my book. Why we love, why we love star Wars. Uh, little tiny moments and sounds mean the world to me, but also it's all, it's all silly. I go, I say this a lot. It's the end. It's, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird reference. Maybe it's the end of kingdom of heaven. Orlando Bloom is there surrendering Jerusalem. And, you know, the, the, what does, what does it all mean? Saladin says nothing and turns around and says everything. That's, that's both. Both are true with Star Wars. And I want to be able to get back to the point where I can look at a weird, crazy creature like Claude in episode nine. That's not going to be normal. That's not going to be a, a safe bet by any means. A weird, uh, like a vegetable pulled out of the ground too soon character with no arms and a big dopey Sesame Street face. I can't wait to meet this character, but that's not going to be, I, I, it's not going to be easily digestible. That I can guarantee. The, the new character, Babu Frick, right? Little cute, little scruffy beard droid programmer. It's going to be interesting, too. And I'm looking at those two characters, focusing on them and going, I better go into episode nine with that door open that leads to fun. Because there's big themes and we're we're diving into those things about Ray. Well, how, how strong is the force? I love that Chris Terrio article that quote. Those are the two questions. Who is Ray? Not literally a little bit, but mostly figuratively. Who is she? What does she bring? What is she on? What journey's there? And there's deep stuff there. And if someone says there isn't, they don't understand. And then the, how, how strong is the force? How big is the force? What is it? Maxi big the force is. Those are great questions that we're going to dive into. But also in this movie with those big themes and Kylo's possible redemption, Palpatine, the Sith, what does it all mean? We also got Claude and Babu Frick. 
We got Greg Grunberg with a sly smile pointing at Claude in that one photo we saw back in Celebration. You better have your mind open to some fun because that's what Star Wars is about, too. And as uh, we go into nine and things are going to get hairy again, I'm putting that out in the world. And that's, again, more of a putting a mirror back up to myself where things got so tense around episode eight and into solo where I forgot to laugh at it too. I forgot that the connections I made with some of my best friends 20 years ago, 25, 30 years ago with star Wars. Oh, I've been around a block here, huh? Those connections weren't me on a playground with my friends going. So, uh, what do you think of the, the lesson that, uh, uh Luke learned in the throne room uh, with the emperor uh, throwing down his blade? No, it was like, man, Those B-Wings looked cool. Star Wars is both things. Star Wars is both things. And I am choosing to focus on the the ability to have fun, to, to poke fun, to celebrate it, and to dig in. And to not worry about other people's opinions. You can't. What right do they have to lob grenades at us? I wish they didn't. What right do we have to worry about there, grenades? And stop tossing it back. You can't win that war. But there are alternatives to fighting. I'm excited. I'm rejuvenated. My love of Star Wars. Of that feeling of the silly little things that we all know. I watched Jamie Stangroom's doc and went, that's right. That's damn stormtrooper hit his head. And the movie was made in a time where they couldn't, they didn't even know what actor did it because no one really thought this movie would be anything. Records were bad. And we're going to talk to Jamie here. It's a great interview. Really love Jamie Stangroom, man. He's such a good guy. Having a, I've had the pleasure of, of meeting him in person. And, and uh, we've had him on Force Center before, Force Center Meets. And you know, he's been in College Council before, too. He's just such a good dude. And has formed a connection, too, with Ahmed Best. Uh, they actually got to know each other a little bit through interviews done. And we, we talk a little bit about Ahmed here at the end of the interview. And I, and I really uh, really valued what uh, Jamie is willing to share and, and not trying to you know speak for Ahmed. And I don't want to dig into a lot of that unless Ahmed was here and open to it. You know what I mean? But it was really good stuff. And talks, too, about the importance of having fun with Star Wars and putting everything in perspective. That's my, uh, that's my monologue. That's my opening speech. The highlight of this interview is uh, of the show was the interview. It's not me rambling. Uh, Spotlight Star Wars. We'll be back at some point uh, and some other things on this channel coming. Uh, we got a lot going on Mandalorian. We're going to definitely talk about that. A lot of books. Uh, I'm reading Iger's book a couple chapters into Iger's book. The, the Lucas stuff is very, very later on. Uh, and I, I just wanted to get some context and I was like, going to just read that chapter I was like, eh, why not? Let's give Iger, let's give Uncle Bob a, a little minute of my time to maybe get some insight into his thought process and, and some details, man, some things. And I'm already a couple chapters in, and I got to tell you, quite frankly, I think it's interesting. I think Bob Iger's a really interesting character as far as CEO goes. And I know it's easy to cast CEOs as the big villains. I totally get that. But as someone who's been in the management leadership positions, uh, I, I'm interested in his philosophies and the lessons learned and so far so good on that book, but the Lucas stuff is a lot later on and maybe we'll come back on spotlight Star Wars and dig into that. All right. That's enough of my talking now. Now what we're going to do is 
go across the pond, and I promise not to say that again to my pal, Jamie Stangroom, talking about his documentary, The Empire Strikes Door. Stick around. It's coming for you right here, right now, right after the break on Spotlight Star Wars. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
Alrighty, Four Center fans, welcome back to the Four Center podcast feed. Colin from a, a shadow beneath the Heathrow Airport. Uh, Jamie Stangroom is here, the guy behind the great documentary that's out there right now, Empire Strikes Door. Uh, Jamie, welcome back to Four Center. Ken, thanks for having me back. Yeah, yeah. Hey, so so we're using the the, the power of Skype uh, across. This is amazing. We're in space, really. It seems. Um, this doc is finally out, man. This doc is finally out. And I know you've been working on this for a long time. I want to start there. This is finally have this has been released into the wild. How are you doing? Uh, well, the next mystery I need to uncover is, I guess, what is sleep. It <laughs> kind of has been a, a long project, uh, a yeah. long process, but really the final week, I set a release day that I eventually, it turned out, had to stick to, because you know yourself, I've done a few release dates in the past, and yeah. when I've announced them, I've had mostly a tumbleweed response, so I'm kind of like, you know what, there's still a lot to do, a lot of right. things I'd like to do to make it better, I might just let that slide, push it back a bit more, and then I did it again and again, and it, it's had more delays than the yeah. Brexit, which I guess a bit of a UK thing at the moment um, and in the end I had to stick with this release date because the trailer that I put on Twitter went I mm. guess kind of mini viral in a way right 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 um, but in a sense that people noticed this time it wasn't big but people noticed so I was like oh no I have to stick to this so there was a lot of all-nighters a lot of all-nighters goodness Doug when did you start working on this I started working on it I would say without realising mm-hmm. probably about six months before The Force Awakens came out. So actually maybe earlier, basically when the first um, announcements came out that the cast were returning, the original cast, and we saw that photo of um, the guys, you know, the the new actors and the old school actors at Pinewood Studios. I think it was Pinewood doing a read-through of the script. You know, that picture got released. Black and white, yeah. And Yeah, it was from that where I sort of thought to myself, well, you know, this is great that Luke's back, hands back, Leia's back, the originals. Um, but what about Greedo and low grade Ewok and um, the guy who played Jabba the Hutt's tail? Because there is a guy in Jabba's tail. So um, I did a little kind of web series called These Are the Actors You're Looking For. Uh, being well placed in the UK to, right. you know, it's not a huge country and most of the actors are based here. You can sort of drive around and, and meet these people. Um, so I would find Paul Blake who played Greedo, Jeremy yeah. Bullock who played Boba Fett and Mike Edmund who was the marvellous uh, tale of Jabba the Hutt and uh, I do an interview with them sometimes they're mostly uh, hopefully they were fun and maybe interesting sometimes they were quite sad like with Armour Best for example yeah. but then I'd also do like a, an audition tape to sort of tongue in cheek to try and show Disney what they're missing out on and maybe get them back in, right. in a film and, and it was easy to find these guys you know you google who played uh, Greedo, you'll get the name. Um, Then you'll see that they're appearing at every single Comic-Con and convention till they die, basically. So it's quite easy to to get hold of them. But with the stormtrooper who bumped his head, you're looking for someone, but the internet gives you someones, a bunch of someones. So it really started, it was meant to be just another little episode, five-minute interview, if you like, little audition tape. These are the actors you're looking for. Onto YouTube. I don't get any sleepless nights. Um, It's, you know, edited in a day uh, but it spiraled mm. out of control and became a three year 
hunt basically that's amazing I, I hadn't heard the origin story of that there that's so yeah this is just and, and for those listening we talk about jamie's channel on four center a, a lot about uh, the great little interviews the stuff with ahmed best is amazing the brian blessed interview is 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 it's just a wild ride so this would have been yeah. another one of those very great interviews but then you suddenly have you don't have a clear-cut answer of who is the stormtrooper that bumped his head and you go on this search and, and we're not going to reveal it here you got a jury i'm i'm part of the vote as, as part of part, joseph is and jennifer is uh, and we all kind of come to a decision, um, but you go out and, and try to find these these performers. How did you narrow it down to these three? Basically, these three. Well, I started with two. So the internet, well, now mm. that might change, um, but the internet was giving me two people. One was called Michael Leader, who yeah. is a bit of a, it turns out a bit of an extra extras legend in the UK. So he's like the longest serving cast member on a soap opera called EastEnders, which is the BBC yeah. soap opera. It's been going for like a long time. Right. And he's been there since the beginning as the milkman. You know, milkmen don't <laughs> exist anymore, but he was still there. He was still delivering milk. Yeah, he was still doing it. He was still doing it. Uh, white milk, I should add as well. Okay. Um, and um, <laughs> he, he was sort of credited as being the guy right. by the press. Uh-huh. Um, but then there was also another guy waiting in the wings called Laurie Good, who's also a bit of a an extras fiend, if you like. He's been in a number of Doctor Who aliens, and I think he was in the original Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy oh. on television. And um, he was one of the Cantina aliens. Sauron saw him, I think. Okay. Um, he says he also played a rebel um, soldier at some point, or, or, or pilot, and he was a stormtrooper. So. It was basically quite a conflicted guy, to be honest, thinking of <laughs> Rebel Alliance and, and the Empire. So he would, they, they were the two. They were the main two coming up. But as the um, investigation began, if you like, and uh, became this bigger thing, at least in my mind, uh, and I went public with it, um, someone else appeared. Um, they'd heard I was doing it, and um, a guy called Martin Reed popped up. And this will probably only mean anything to maybe a European audience. Right. But, uh, whilst he does come from, he's not an extra, uh, he does come from a drama school background and he was at the Royal Shakespeare Company and did all these sort of, you know, uh, prestigious things, if you like. Right. He's most famous for being a guy called Captain Birdseye, who's basically a mascot of what, <laughs> fish fingers. I don't think you have fish fingers in the States, but it's just, you know, just fish fingers. Fish, uh, it's, like fish, fish sticks. Fingers. It's weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah in bread crumbs. Yeah. Bread crumbs. Yeah, yeah, bread yeah. and fish sticks. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Fish fingers. Yeah, that's it. So he was like the mascot for them, really, um, <laughs> in, in Europe. So he, he appeared. So I had these mm-hmm. three. And who knows if there's more, to be honest, but they're the only uh, three I came across. That's great. And, and, and this documentary is, is a real celebration of Star Wars. And that's where I want to talk next is one of the reasons I really love this. Now, yeah, full disclosure, I know you and I know your hair and I know what you do. And we've had the pleasure to meet and, and hang out and been, been on Jedi Council and been on Force Center. So, yeah, I'm going to be in your side. But this won me over. Just I could, I could uh, you know, your humor, your style. Uh, you, you, you kind of at times remind me of Eric Idle doing the newsman character in the Ruddles. Um, just this great stuff. But it, it really is this joyful celebration of this funny little thing of Star Wars. And I wish there was more of this out there in the fandom. Like, make all your fan films. Make all your dark, moody Vader films. But this is a celebration of it here. And 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 how important it is, is, is it for you to love Star Wars, but also be able to just kind of just roll around in the silliness of this wonderful world? Oh, very important. To be honest, I wouldn't have made this in any other 
way, or at least in any other kind of vibe, I would have loved to have had, you know, more budget and more sort of production support, but sure. I would never have done it in a serious vibe. And it's funny that you say that because um, someone tweeted at me a review of it and <laughs> I haven't had many reviews. So I was like, oh, I'll have a listen to this. It was a podcast and I won't name the podcast, but yeah. it was quite a serious podcast, a Star Wars podcast. And um, they got onto the, I'll skip all the other stuff and they get, yeah. get onto the Empire Strikes Store a bit. And um, one of the first guy, the main host, was like, yeah, you know, this seemed interesting, like the title and the and the concept. Uh, so I started watching it, and within the first 30 seconds, there was a joke. So I skipped, and then there was another joke and another joke, so I just stopped. <laughs> it's like, well, what did you really expect? You know, it's called The Empire Strikes Door. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's... yeah. It's for me. It's clear it's tongue in cheek, but then maybe that's just because I'm, you know, I've been involved with it for so long, and, and I think that's really important because I don't think enough. Yeah, I think a lot of people want to have fun with Star Wars, but like you said, there's not enough people sort of providing uh, that yeah. fun, uh, if you like. And I think we sort of take this, um, this, uh, as Kevin Smith calls it in the documentary, this goofy space film a little bit too seriously. We should have fun with it. We should have fun with it. Absolutely, and and. and look you can't help you can't help being you know uh wonderfully your dry british wit's gonna come through that hair no matter what man so uh <laughs> screw screw anyone who's gonna miss that but they're missing out because yeah yeah you're having fun it, it's 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 not a mockumentary this isn't characters this isn't christopher guest movie it's a real documentary that's so fun and cheeky for sure but it's this is something that's very much in star wars lore as fans the stormtrooper hitting hitting the head is something we all learn about at some point and so it's you're you're actually certain serving a great purpose going into something very realistically that should be fun and silly so i i think you've done a, a, a great job do you feel that you've really told part of this little chapter of the star wars story do you feel you accomplished that uh, do you know what? I'm not sure. It'd be interesting to hear what you think because how I see it is, I be, I like to think I provided 40 minutes of entertainment. You know, yeah. occasionally it's interesting. Like there's a little bit of history of the stormtroopers in terms of the outfits, how they were produced. They go to the place where they actually did that. Um, you also uh, get the kind of comparison with the more modern day, the Disney troopers, if you like. They talk about what it's like wearing their outfits. Actually, the outfits aren't too different it turns out but they get like training with the british army and you know yeah, the original yeah. stormtroopers just had to fit the outfit and they got the job you know so yeah. i like to think there's some interesting moments along the along the ride if mm. you like but i feel like it's 40 minutes of entertainment and perhaps it also gives you an answer at the end but that's really down to your opinion so if you're watching it really wanting a concrete answer and that's all you want from it then maybe you'll be disappointed but if you just want a good time <laughs> and then to end up with you know three cases you yeah. know um some are stronger than others in my opinion yeah. uh you can come away you can play because i also try not to sort of signpost the voice service too much so there were some crucial moments so mm. i speak to gary kurtz yeah for example and he says something that really matches one of the accounts of one of my three suspects yeah. and i didn't want to sort of flag that up in a voiceover at the time i sort of wanted to leave it so people can kind of sort of almost play along and uh, at yeah. home if, yeah. if possible so i don't know what, what do you what, what do you think do you i mean yeah do you consider it a conclusion or well yeah as far as a conclusion i i i i funny i couldn't i couldn't remember 
what I had voted, and I was talking to Alex of Star Wars Explained, because we were both like, I, I, I couldn't remember, because it's, it, it's been a few months, a year, you know, no secret, and we're, we're going to talk about how long, you know, we, we, we know how long this took you, but the reasons why, outside of just, you know, uh, deadlines uh, zipping past you, um, so I couldn't remember, so I was, I was legitimately playing along with it again, and, 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 you know, right. and when you had reached out to me, it was a small package of information, you know, it was a one sheet, if you yeah. will, so to see it all play out, um, and you got a lie detector test, polygraphs, you know, which I, I know just like those those aren't even necessarily missable in court, but they do kind of indicate something and you get the stories. And as far as serving a greater purpose, I think um, I, as someone who's not only just a longtime fan, but but works in this you know, covering this this space saga, I, I had never seen the dude that made the original Stormtrooper material and how he did it in the costumes. So you're providing that. Uh, this is one of the last, you know, known interviews that I, I know of, of, of Gary Kurtz, the, the late producer, who has all you know always has some great insight on Star Wars, and, then you're, and because you're talking to some people on set, it gives you a big picture of how it was to make a New Hope, where it was kind of crazy. They didn't know this American kid was making this weird space movie. They didn't even care. They probably didn't even write down who was playing who, and and that speaks to a, a, the time period. And, and I know the L Street uh, seventy six doc goes into that too. But you got that up close for in person. That's why this legend grows because there's no call sheets with this this guy on this day playing this stormtrooper and that's part of the fun so it is is this wonderful look back and I, I absolutely think you succeed so so i hope you i hope you feel that i know it's hard to put something creative out in the world uh and, and you know all the warts and and the, and the scars but you, you did it man you did it yeah, thanks, man. And and like I say, I end up giving an opinion which actually I think was your opinion too, your vote. Yes. You, know, you can't remember it. Yeah. Um, actually, that's a question for you. Did yeah. you still, would you have changed your vote having seen a doc? Um, no, no, I don't think I would have because there were some key things I was la- launching on to and to one of the guys. And, and again, I'm trying to keep it uh, mysterious for those who haven't watched it. But yeah, um, there's one guy that's kind of uh, like you're like, oh, this has to like it makes sense. And then you kind of dig in and like, well, no. And you go back and forth. And then, you know, there's 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 three people with viable cases, but there's little tiny things. And the a lot of the interviews around it with the other people kind of uh, is what swayed me. And, and, and that's playing out in real time as I'm watching this, you know? Yeah. 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 And it does kind of come down to your opinion because, yeah. you know, uh, I end up saying who I believe it was based on the evidence I found from the interviews and the accounts of the suspects and also uh, the way the voting went from the jury. But then there were also a lot of votes from the jury for the other suspects. It yeah. wasn't you know, a clear-cut victory for the one who won. <laughs> really interesting. Uh, uh, a lot of cases made. Uh, and uh, you know, you have Chris Jericho, Kevin Smith. You know, I, I've worked with Kevin, too. He's always willing to talk some Star Wars. But how did you track down like Jericho? Like, How did you have to, you know, w- w- was he on the road with Fozzie and you had to go grab him in a green room? Yeah, it was that, I think. Um, no, actually, he what he was on the road with Fuzzy, and he sent that to me uh, via his tour manager, I think. So I met him um, uh, probably three or four years ago, just around the time I was starting this, actually. I was okay. doing an interview with him for one of my freelance gigs for a BBC radio station called Five Live, which you know, you've been right. on a few times yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was interviewing him for Five Live, 
and he brought up it was a it was a he was hosting like a rock award show or something so it was a music interview and he brought up Star Wars because I think it was around the time of the beginning of the Force Awakens hype yeah. and I didn't bring it up you know all of my the people I work with there like oh great Jamie's brought Star Wars up again but I didn't bring it up he brought it up first and afterwards after the interview I showed him yeah. what I had at the time which was like a little kind of sort of trailer I guess for these are the actors you're looking for yeah um, and he he loved it and was like I want to do it I want to do it I want to audition I was like yeah, but you're not a former Star Wars actor <laughs> you know you don't you don't fit the remit mate you might be big but I'm, you know, I'm not scared to tell you the truth here. <laughs> and uh, in the end I sort of had to give in so when he came um, yeah. when he came back again in London I think he was on tour with Fozzy uh, we went and did like a little skit where I can't even remember the skit but it must be on the channel somewhere but it had something yeah. to do with BB-8 um, no that was it he wanted to audition as um, Porkins Jr that was it um, <laughs> so there's something he didn't do too well on the channel but there's something on my channel with Jericho wanting to be Porkins Jr and then we sort of kept in touch and I actually did an interview with him a print interview with him for the Star Wars website so the yeah. kind of conversation continued in the end was like when I decided that I needed this jury yeah. Or I wanted it, I needed it, I felt I did need it because the polygraph tests and things for me were just, yeah. were not an answer they were hopefully a route to get to an answer right. to help it along, but I think the opinions mattered and um, yeah, why not, if you can ask Chris Derrick yeah. uh, nothing to lose, and he said yes That's great, yeah, he is a big Star Wars fan, as is Kevin Smith uh, where, Going forward and I know you put a lot of energy into this channel and, you know, I know you, you slag on yourself a little bit that, you know you, you take a while to get some videos out, but you got some great stuff on there. The, the interviews with Ahmed Best uh, alone are, are, are worth a click for my friends out there who haven't uh, checked Jamie's work on uh, workout. Um, I know this is a lot of work, and we're going to talk about that, but but have you ever thought about a next chapter? Like, what part of the Star Wars story, what little corner you could crawl around in for a full-length doc? Oh, no, another one. Um, <laughs> uh, That's a good well, answer. Uh, I'm tired. Um, actually, there are some interviews in the can, just some sort of straight interviews. So uh, mm. there's Lee Towersy, I think that's how you say his surname. Um, I did learn it before the interview, and I've yeah. forgotten it since, because as you know, I record my interviews about five years before I actually aired them. <laughs> um, he has the greatest fan story ever. He he was part of like an R2D2 Builders Club or something in the UK. Right. And they went along to the celebration, I think, in I could be wrong here with the details, but it will be in the interview from his mouth. Um, but I think they went to the celebration that was in Germany, and they sort of cheekily said to Kathleen Kennedy, "Oh, we hear you're doing these films, and uh, we do this. Look at look at our two units." And she was like, "Oh, can I have your card?" And they ended up wow. getting a gig, him and his partner, building the um, R2 droids for well, the Force Awakens and and so on. Um, so he's got like probably the greatest fan story uh, of all time. So there's a few little interviews like that coming, but um. Mm. Uh, wow. Do you know what? And this, I, depending on when you air this, this is. I hope this is an exclusive for you, Ken. Yeah. Probably an exclusive that nobody will care about. Yeah. But the Empire Strikes Dawn might not be done. Oh no! Yes, really, an extended edition, yeah. a special well, edition. 
I mean, there will be some little um, extra bits I'm putting out. In fact, uh, there'll be uh, a video where I go into the comments more of the jury members because I had like 24 juries in the end. Right, right. Um, so I'm going into the comments of like from yourself, for example. Yeah. Uh, the comments that you probably don't remember anymore. So feel free to update them to me and get them to me in the next 12 hours. Perfect. Um, so there'll be little extra bits like that. But actually, I'm not going to name the name uh, on air. Um, but one of the two people who didn't get picked in terms of my belief right. of who was the uh, true who bumped his head has uh, voiced his displeasure, shall I say, at the uh, the final film. Okay. Uh, he was quite angry to begin with. Uh, <laughs> and then I reminded him that everything that we see in the film actually happened right. in real life. You know, it's uh-huh. not been fabricated. There's no CGI. This actually happened. And then he sort of calmed down and was like, oh, yeah, fair enough. But I still think it's me and I think there's more evidence out there. And I basically allowed him to respond to the film and um, oh. I'm going to put out on the channel. There's about 15 minutes of him <laughs> almost ranting. Um, <laughs> so there's going to be that. And I said to him, look, if, if you can get this concrete evidence, I'll... Yeah. I'll look at it and I'll um, if I'm if I'm wrong in the end I'll hold my hands up and, and, and say it you know yeah so oh. uh, yeah one of them strikes back yeah that's awesome uh, I think I know who um, that is great um, that is awesome let's talk a little bit as we wrap up here Jamie the process you are a one man operation and and this DIY do it yourself kind of time of of, of media um, you know I think that's it's easy to overlook how hard that is uh, again I know it took you a while you can say yeah, uh, deadlines and all those kind of things, but you really, this was a one-man operation for the most part, right? I'm sure you had some help along the way, but this was you. You put everything into it. Yeah, I tried to do an Indiegogo um, mm. campaign and, and failed. Uh, I don't want to say failed, because that's not fair on the people that did um, contribute. It got like right. 20%, so I ended up with like about, a bit over £2,000, which oh. um, I think I've said before is like pretty much the same as dollars these days in yeah. post-Brexit. Well, not post-Brexit, but Brexit Britain anyway. Um <laughs> Because it might not happen, people keep fighting. Um, so, so um, yeah, I didn't have much financial support, but mm. I had a lot of help from friends, a lot of help. And what okay. you see in that film is anything from someone lending me, I'm kind of not good with names of cameras, but someone lending me like a seven grand broadcast quality camera, okay. like a really good camera, to an iPhone, you know? And sometimes I've got uh, two people filming for me. Sometimes I've got one. Sometimes it's me sat in a room with three basic cameras on tripods. I'm manning them. I'm monitoring the sound as much as I can. And I'm conducting the interview. And I'm on screen sometimes. So, uh, yeah, I was I was on my own a lot, but I absolutely had a lot of help from friends and obviously with people like yourself as well, being on the jury, because I wanted to sort of get, you know, good Star Wars people that I like and have helped me along the way as well to sort of help sort of come to uh, an on-screen conclusion at least. And yeah, yeah, off-screen it was quite a lonely experience at times and the edit was just painful, painful. (laughs) The editing is probably what's killed any uh, YouTube YouTube aspirations I've had. So uh, (laughs) cheers to you for doing that there. Uh, And and final note, one of the things, again, I keep mentioning that your your stuff with Ahmed Best is, is, is great. And for you, you for you, uh, you know this this guy across the pond who's doing kind of funny Star Wars videos to to, to get him to talk and, and and to know his history of some of the things. It's still fascinating to me, and and I know occasionally you might still communicate with him. We're not, we're not asking you to speak for him or not speaking for Ahmed himself. But how, how do you feel uh, he is with the Star Wars community now uh, and, and and twenty 
after Phantom Menace? I think he's. Um, I think his um, outlook on it, his feelings towards it, have changed massively just in a short space of time. I've known him actually, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying I've influenced his change in any yeah. way. But when I first contacted him, I still to this day have no idea why he agreed to do it. I don't think he does either. Wow, um, right. So we ended up doing a Skype Skype interview, which was arranged um, via a few little DMs on Twitter, and yeah, it kind of happened. And, because I was doing a sort of light-hearted series, I mean, I'm I'm not proud of the way I conducted that first interview because mm. it was a light-hearted series, and that was the genuine intention of that interview. Right. And I, therefore, I think at times misread the uh, the moments where hang on, this is getting quite deep, and you know, this right. guy's pouring out a lot here that he's not poured out publicly uh, before. So I I feel like I went down a more sort of at times, a bit too much of a jokey route, but right. that, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is, we neither of us expected that uh, interview to come out like it did. Because I remember him saying at the end of it, when we sort of wrapped and saying our goodbyes, our last air goodbyes, he was like, "Well, that got deep for a fun interview." <laughs> You know, so I think it sort of surprised both of us. Right. It kind of continued from then. And I remember our second interview was around the time of all the Daft Jar Jar. Right. You know, oh, I'll right. tell you what, when I did the first interview, because I took about a year to edit it and release it, yeah. um, the Daft Jar Jar stuff had come out. So when that interview got okay. the exposure it did, I had loads of comments from people saying, why didn't you ask him about Daft Jar Jar? Right. Well, I don't have a time machine. <laughs> um, so I, I, I couldn't. But then I spoke to him again and we did another one. And I asked him at that point, because um, at, at that point I understood him more and um, I think we understood each other more with a rapport as well right. so we were able to e- more easily sort of you know dip into the, the sort of deep stuff and the fun stuff and I asked him you know would you come back you know for any money all the money to come back and to, to a Star Wars and he said absolutely not you know he's, he's at peace with what he's contributed to the universe but he's done he's out yeah. but then if you fast forward a few years you know, he's appearing at Celebration. Right. Um, you know, he, he's engaging with the fans a lot more on Twitter. He's using Jar Jar and his hashtags, which he would not yeah. have done. He would oh. not have done even um, three or four years. Right. Yeah. When I first um, met him. You know, just these little things. And he's working on his one-man show. So I met him... Um, around the time I met you last uh, summer in, in right. LA, I met him for the first time in the flesh. In the flesh, and yeah. he was just starting to talk about his one-man show then. Yeah, and I think we did one interview after that, but weirdly not in person because we just like Skype chats, really. Right, right. So we didn't have a Skype chat, and mm. I noticed then it was starting to change. And just in general, his, his interest in yeah. what's happening in the franchise, and, and I think also he feels like he has. Um, an important role to play at the moment in terms of uh, how the fandom behaves. Yeah. Because, of course, he received the backlash he received. Mm-hmm. And in some way, it was terrible, you know, and we all know oh, yeah. um, what he, you know, contemplated on the yeah. Brooklyn Bridge. But in some ways, he dodged a lot of it yeah. because Twitter and, you know, Facebook and that uh, wasn't yeah. really as it is now, you know, the social media side of it. But he's seeing what's happening to Daisy Ridley or mm-hmm. Kelly Marie, you know, and he feels, I think, that he can sort of stand up and, you know, uh, stand by these people's side and, yeah. uh, and, and back them up as a man who's been through similar uh, things himself. Yeah. So I feel like he's got, he feels like he's got a role to play off screen. Right. 
But I also feel like now, perhaps, if asked, he would go back on screen That's, as well. I, I, I preach often about uh, the, the importance of the, the redemption of Ahmed Best for what he did and, and uh, the groundbreaking motion capture stuff and and uh, how character aside, you know, he, he, he really is an important part of the Star Wars story behind the scenes as well as on. And, and Celebration, not only was great to see him get that standing ovation, but I love there was a tweet that went out, and I've talked about it on Force Center before, but uh, some girls were walking around Chicago with Jar Jar stuff on, and they heard a voice say, hey, I like your shirt, and they turned around was Ahmed and took a picture with him. And and, I, and uh, this is a question I wish to God I could ask directly, but it's just like, I wonder in that moment, what, what's he thinking? Like, wow, 20 years, this is something that maybe he never would have thought he would have seen. <laughs> you know? and, and, yeah. and it was a powerful, powerful moment and, and, and part of the part of the bigger Star Wars story, which is about But as action. he says, mm-hmm. but as he says, this is always how, I don't think George Lucas ever expected the backlash the prequels got. Right. Nobody can claim, nobody can claim that. But he does say that mm. George said to him, after the Phantom Menace, going into Attack of the Clones, I, I believe this was probably before his role was reduced, assuming that it was, as the... Right. Uh, and he, he, in fact, he said it himself it was, because it seems they did film the, the cut, yeah. let alone the script again reduced. Um, but George said to him something along the lines of, you know, this is happening now, this stuff, but in 20 years, when these kids have grown up, it will, it will change. It will start to change. And, and I guess I guess that's what we're seeing now. That's where it's at. Fascinating insight. Thank you for sharing that, Jamie. I, I you know, never want to take advantage of your Skype relationship with the great Ahmed Best, but I'm just fascinated by that and, and hope the, the the fandom continues to embrace him even more and more. And, and if you're out there, uh, you know, you, you, you poking around, go check those interviews out. He, Ahmed at one point reads the interlude from Chuck Wendig's Aftermath, which is uh, one of my favorite things I wrote about it in my book. I just love that interlude. And, um, and it's powerful stuff. Uh, so you do it all, Jamie. You celebrate Star Wars in a fun way and a deep way and an important way. And I, and I hope you're proud of this as uh, as uh, the smile on my face was uh, when I watched it. Empire Strikes Door is a great piece of, of Star Wars media. Well, mate, thank you so much for the support. And not just with this. You know, you supported my channel um, for a good few years now. Yeah. I mean, I, I, when I when I had you on the channel recently, I, I was almost embarrassed doing the introduction because I feel like you probably sent the majority <laughs> of my subscribers uh, to me anyway. So you know, I feel oh, like no. a fraud almost. But um, no, thank you so much. And also, just if I can just say one thing about Ahmed as well, yeah, yeah. Um, it'd be great if anyone listening who's not already following him, if they could follow him on Twitter and Instagram, he's more and more active, and he's got a YouTube channel as well where he occasionally uploads mm. what he calls field notes. So this is the okay. preparation for his one man show, and I. I I believe Frank, I don't know if this is confirmed, but I believe Frank Oz might be directing it. I'm pretty sure he confirmed that on a tweet. Um, And I just feel like it's something that the Star Wars fan base, well, I hope the Star Wars fan base can sort of get around. If it goes on tours, you can go and see him and support him because he needs a break. He needs a break. And Star Wars should have been that break for him. Should have been. Absolutely should have been. And, yep, uh, you know, we all know we were, we were there in 99. We get what went wrong, blah, blah, blah. No, he, he did a spectacular job. Groundbreaking performance uh, in terms of technology just as, as, as much as what he brought to it. So um, 20 years later, I love where it is now. And I love where you are now, Jamie. I appreciate you taking the time, calling from your hotel. Uh, you're always busy. You're always traveling, doing great things. And uh, we hope to have you next time you're out in L.A. Of course, we're going to we'll all have a, have a drink out here and talk some more star wars and uh and thank you thank you for coming on sir 
So there you have it, Jamie Stangroom calling uh, live from uh, England. Just uh, He was just outside Heathrow Airport. Appreciate him taking the time to come in and uh, talk with us here at Force Center. I want you all, if you, if you haven't already, check out, support his uh, documentary, The Empire Strikes Door, on his YouTube channel. Uh, I hope you have as much fun with it as I did. That is Spotlight Star Wars for this week and this episode. We'll be back with another episode soon. I appreciate you all here. Thanks for keeping with Force Center during these times. We've had a struggle these last year and a half as a collective group of Star Wars fans, right? Some dark times. But again, we're going to choose, as always, to focus on what we love. And part of that is digging in, debating, figuring things out together but also being able to smile at this space franchise. That is it. This silly space saga rolls on, and we're going to be here in Force Center to talk about it. If you want to check out an audio book on us, I always will remind you, you can go to audibletrial.com slash Force Center and get a free audiobook and a 30-day trial of Audible. You could even get Why We Love Star Wars, which is available in audiobook form. What do you think about that? That's it for this week. We'll see you next time here on Spotlight Star Wars, part of the Force Center podcast feed. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.